propositions eighty to ninety nine of the elements of theology by proclus translated by thomas taylor this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by geoffrey edwards proposition eighty every body is naturally adapted of itself to suffer but everything incorporeal to act and the former indeed is essentially inefficacious but the latter is impassive that which is incorporeal however suffers through its communion with body just as bodies are able to act through the participation of incorporeals for body so far as body is alone divisible and through this becomes passive being entirely partible and this to infinity but that which is incorporeal being simple is impassive for neither is that which is impartible capable of being divided nor can that be changed in quality which is not compounded either therefore nothing will be effective or this must be affirmed of an incorporeal nature since body so far as body does not act because it is alone liable to be divided and to suffer for everything which acts has an effective power so that body so far as it is body will not act but so far as it contains in itself a power of acting hence when it acts it acts through the participation of power moreover incorporeal natures when they are inherent in bodies participate of passions being divided together with bodies and enjoying their partible nature though according to their own essence they are impartible proposition eighty one everything which is participated in a separable manner is present with its participant by a certain inseparable power which it inserts in it for if it is itself present with the participant in a separate manner and is not in it as if it possessed its subsistence in it a certain medium between the two is necessary connecting the one with the other and which is more similar to that which is participated and subsists in the participant for if this medium is separable how can it be participated by the participant since the participant neither contains the medium nor anything proceeding from it a power therefore and illumination proceeding from that which is separable into the participant conjoins both hence one of these will be that through which the participation is effected another will be that which is participated and another that which participates proposition eighty two everything incorporeal which is converted to itself when it is participated by other things is participated in a separable manner for if in an inseparable manner 
the energy of it would not be separate from its participant as neither would its essence if however this were the case it would not be converted to itself for being converted it will be separate from its participant each being different from the other if therefore it is able to be converted to itself it will be participated in a separable manner when it is participated by other things proposition eighty three every thing which has a knowledge of itself is entirely converted to itself for knowing itself it is evident that it is converted to itself in energy for that which knows and that which is known are one and the knowledge of itself is directed to itself as to that which is known this knowledge also as pertaining to that which knows is a certain energy but it is the knowledge of itself directed to itself because it is gnostic of itself moreover that it is converted to itself essentially if it is so in energy has been demonstrated for every thing which by energizing is converted to itself has also an essence verging to and subsisting in itself proposition eighty four every thing which always is possesses an infinite power for if its hypostasis is never failing the power also according to which it is that which it is and is able to exist is infinite for the power of existing being finite it will some time or other fail but this failing the existence also of that which possesses it will fail and it will no longer be that which always is it is necessary therefore that the power of that which always is and which connects and contains it essentially should be infinite proposition eighty five everything which is always becoming to be or rising into existence i ginomenon possesses an infinite power of becoming to be for if it is always rising into existence the power of generation in it is never failing for if this power was finite it would cease in an infinite time but the power of becoming to be ceasing that which is rising into being according to this power would cease and thus it would no longer be always becoming to be it is however supposed to be always becoming to be hence it possesses an infinite power of rising into existence proposition eighty six everything which is truly being ontos on is infinite neither according to multitude nor according to magnitude but according to power alone for every infinite is either in discrete or in continued quantity or in power but that which always is is infinite as having an inextinguishable life a never-failing hyparxis and an undiminished energy that which is eternally being however 
is neither infinite on account of magnitude, for that which is truly being is without magnitude, being self-subsistent, since everything self-subsistent is impartible and simple. Nor is it infinite on account of multitude, for it has in the most eminent degree the form of the one, as being arranged most near and being most allied to it. But it is infinite according to power. Hence it is also impartible and infinite. And by how much the more it is one and impartible, by so much the more is it infinite. For the power which is divided becomes imbecile and finite, and powers which are entirely divided are in every respect finite. For ultimate powers, and which are most remote from the one, are in a certain respect finite, on account of their distribution into parts. But first powers, on account of their impartability, are infinite. For a separation into parts divulses and dissolves the power of everything. But impartability compressing and contracting that which it contains renders it never failing and undiminished in itself. Moreover, infinity, according to magnitude, and also according to multitude, is entirely a privation and falling off from impartability. For that which is finite is most near to the impartable, but the infinite is most remote from it, entirely departing from the one. Hence, that which is infinite according to power is not infinite either according to multitude or magnitude, since infinite power subsists in conjunction with impartability. But the infinite either in multitude or magnitude is most remote from the impartable. If, therefore, that which is truly being was infinite either in magnitude or multitude, it would not possess infinite power. It does, however, possess infinite power, and therefore is not infinite either according to multitude or according to magnitude. Proposition 87. Everything eternal indeed is being, but not every being is eternal. For the participation of being is present in a certain respect with generated natures, so far as each of these is not that which in no respect is. But if that which is generated is not entirely deprived of being, it is in a certain respect being. The eternal, however, is in no respect whatever present with generated natures, and especially not with such of these as do not even participate of the perpetuity which subsists according to the whole of time. Moreover, everything eternal always is, for it participates of eternity, which imparts to the natures by which it is participated to be always that which they are. Being, therefore, is participated by a greater number of things than eternity, and hence being is beyond eternity. For by those natures by whom eternity is participated, being is also participated. 
but not everything which participates of being participates also of eternity proposition eighty eight everything which is truly being is either prior to eternity or in eternity or participates of eternity for that there is true being prior to eternity has been demonstrated but true being is also in eternity for eternity possesses the always in conjunction with being and that which participates of eternity has both the always and being according to participation eternity however possesses the always primarily but being according to participation but being itself is primarily being proposition eighty nine everything which is primarily being consists of bound and infinity for if it possesses infinite power it is evident that it is infinite and on this account consists from the infinite if also it is impartible and has the form of the one through this it participates of bound for that which participates of unity is bounded moreover it is impartible and therefore possesses infinite power hence everything which is truly or primarily being consists of bound and infinity proposition ninety the first bound and the first infinity subsist by themselves prior to everything which consists of bound and the infinite for if beings which subsist by themselves are prior to those which are certain beings as being common to all essences and principal causes and not the causes of certain but in short of all beings it is necessary that the first bound and the first infinity should be prior to that which consists of both these for the bound in that which is mixed or the first being participates of infinity and the infinite participates of bound but of everything that which is the first is nothing else than that which it is it is not therefore proper that the first infinite should have the form of bound or that the first bound should have the form of infinity these therefore subsist primarily prior to that which is mixed proposition ninety one every power is either finite or infinite but every finite power indeed derives its subsistence from infinite power and infinite power subsists from the first infinity for the powers which have an existence at a certain time are finite falling from the infinity of existing always but the powers of eternal beings are infinite never deserting their own hyparxis proposition ninety two every multitude of infinite powers is suspended from one first infinity which does not subsist as a participated power nor in things which are endued with power 
but subsists by itself, not being the power of a certain participant, but the cause of all beings. For, though the first being possesses power, yet it is not power itself, for it has also bound. But the first power is infinity. For infinite powers are infinite, through the participation of infinity. Infinity itself, therefore, will be prior to all powers, through which being also possesses infinite power, and all things participate of infinity. For infinity is not the first of things, or the ineffable principle of all, since that is the measure of all things, being the good and the one. Nor is infinity being, for this is infinite, but not infinity. Hence infinity subsists between that which is first and being, and is the cause of all infinite powers, and of all the infinity that is in beings. Proposition 93. Every infinite which is in true beings is neither infinite to the natures that are above beings, nor is it infinite to itself. For that by which each thing is infinite, by this also it exists uncircumscribed. But everything which is in true beings is bounded by itself, and by all the things prior to it. It remains, therefore, that the infinite which is in true beings is infinite to subordinate natures alone, above which it is so expanded in power as to be incomprehensible by all of them. For, in whatever manner they may extend themselves towards this infinite, yet it has something entirely exempt from them. And, though all things enter into it, yet it has something occult and incomprehensible by secondary natures. Though likewise it evolves the powers which it contains, yet it possesses something on account of its union insurmountable, contracted, and surpassing the evolution of beings. Since, however, it contains and bounds itself, it will not be infinite to itself, nor much less to the natures situated above it, since it has a portion of the infinity which is in them. For the powers of more total natures are more infinite in consequence of being more total, and having an arrangement nearer to the first infinity. Proposition 94. Every perpetuity is indeed a certain infinity but not every infinity is perpetuity. For there are many infinites which have the infinite not on account of the always, such, for instance, as the infinity according to magnitude, the infinity according to multitude, and the infinity of matter, and whatever else there may be of the like kind, which is infinite, either because it cannot be passed over, or through the indefiniteness of its essence. That perpetuity, however, is a certain infinity is evident, for that which never fails is infinite. But this is that which always has its hypostasis inexhaustible. Proposition 95. 
Infinity, therefore, is prior to perpetuity. For that which gives subsistence to a greater number of effects, and is more total, is more causal. Hence, the first infinity is beyond eternity, and infinity itself is prior to eternity. Proposition 95. Every power which is more single is more infinite than that which is multiplied. For if of powers the first infinity is nearest to the one, that power which is more allied to the one is in a greater degree infinite than that which recedes from it. For being multiplied it loses the form of the one, in which while it remained it possessed a transcendency with respect to other powers, being connected and contained through its impartability. For in partible natures themselves the powers when congregated are united, but when divided they are increased in number and become obscured. Proposition 96. The power which is infinite of every finite body is incorporeal. For if it were corporeal, if this body indeed is finite, the infinite will be contained in the finite. But if the body is infinite, it will not be power so far as it is body. For if so far as it is body it is finite, but power is infinite, it will not be power so far as it is body. Hence the power which is infinite in a finite body is incorporeal. Proposition 97. In each series of things, every cause which has the relation of a leader imparts to the whole series the peculiarity of itself, and that which the cause is primarily, the series is according to diminution. For if it is the leader of the whole series, and all coordinate natures are co-arranged with reference to it, it is evident that it imparts to all that the series contains the one idea according to which they are arranged in that series. For either all things partake of similitude to this cause without a cause, or that which is the same in all is derived from it. But the former of these is impossible, for that which is without a cause is also fortuitous. But the fortuitous can never take place in things in which there is order, connection, and an invariable sameness of subsistence. From the cause, therefore, which ranks as a leader, every series receives the peculiarity of the hypostasis of that cause. But if from it, it is evident that this is accompanied with a diminution and decrement adapted to secondary natures. For either the peculiarity exists similarly in the leader, and the natures that are secondary, and how in this case can the former be the leader, but the latter be allotted an hypostasis after the leader, or it exists dissimilarly. And if this be the case, it is evident that sameness is derived to the multitude from one thing, but not vice versa. And 
the illustrious peculiarity of the series which is primarily in one thing or the leader is secondarily in the multitude suspended from the leading cause proposition ninety eight every separate cause is at one and the same time everywhere and nowhere for by the communication of its own power it is everywhere for this is a cause which replenishes the natures that are naturally adapted to participate of it rules over all secondary beings and is present to all things by the prolific progressions of its illuminations but by an essence unmingled with things in place and by its exempt purity it is nowhere for if it is separate it is established above all things in a similar manner also it is in no one of the natures inferior to itself for if it was alone everywhere it would not indeed be prevented from being a cause and from subsisting in all its participants but it would not be prior to all of them in a separate manner if also it was nowhere without being everywhere it would not indeed be prevented from being prior to all things and from being nothing pertaining to subordinate natures but it would not be in all things as causes are naturally adapted to be in their effects by the abundant and unenvying communications of themselves in order therefore that existing as a cause it may be in all things that are able to partake of it and that being separate in itself it may be prior to all the natures that are filled by it it is everywhere and at the same time nowhere and it is not indeed partly everywhere and partly nowhere for thus it would be divulsed and separate from itself if one part of it was everywhere in all things but another was nowhere and prior to all things but the whole of it is everywhere and in a similar manner nowhere for the things which are able to participate of it meet with the whole of it and find the whole present with themselves that at the same time being wholly exempt from them for the participant does not place this separate cause in itself but participates of it as much as it is capable of receiving nor in the communication of itself does it become contracted by the multitude of the participations of it for it is separate nor do its participants participate of it effectively for that which imparts is everywhere proposition ninety nine every imparticipable so far as it is imparticipable does not derive its subsistence from another cause but it is itself the principle and cause of all its participants and thus every principle in each series is unbegotten for if it is imparticipable in its own proper series it is allotted the principality and does not proceed from other things for it would no longer be the first if it received this peculiarity according to which it is imparticipable from something else but 
if it is inferior to other things and proceeds from them it does not proceed from them so far as it is imparticipable but so far as it participates for of the things from which it originates it doubtless participates and it is not primarily the things of which it participates hence it is not from a cause so far as it is imparticipable for so far as it is from a cause it participates and is not imparticipable but so far as it is imparticipable it is the cause of things that are participated and is not itself a participant of other things and of proposition ninety nine